I'm a clown. (laughs) You didn't like Like me when I was was a regular clown. from the sewers it's your ghouls next door yeah during spooky month it's uh-huh. the end of the spooky month so it's pretty scary yep this is not my costume <laughs> and um you know for a, a spooky month uh being our three-year anniversary uh we're rounding it out by revisiting an a, a film that we Clowns again in our first ever episode that was erased from the internet, like Georgie's arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I shouldn't have an arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this uh, is before. It's fine. Yeah, We're just I, friends. Playing, uh, I, got a, I got your you boat. Got I got me. your boat. You want it back, I bite your hand off. What okay, you want? Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about It Chapter One um, from 2017. Which is the beginning of the ghouls. We talked about clowns. Um, we're revisiting it because that one, that episode is trash. Uh, and it's removed from the internet, as far as I can tell. Uh, and if you have it and you've listened to it, just pretend like you didn't. And Because um, it was a learning experience. But yeah. one of the parts that I really enjoyed about that episode was our analysis of It Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Which is why I didn't want it to go away. I wanted us to to do it again and, and even more intentional because I think, for me anyway, when we were doing that, it was that was like that was my part, right? Was to do the the film analysis, and I feel like I really hit what I wanted to do with the ghouls forever mm-hmm. from that episode because it was like you know we we kind of really got to the nitty gritty of what it was, and that was before I had read the book too. Mm-hmm. So it was purely just like what I was intending or getting from the the film and kind of diving in into what it was really telling me. And I was like, wow, okay, film <laughs> means something else. Like, yeah, I like this. I like this whole jam that we're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, in that episode, we talk about why clowns are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychology behind it. Mm-hmm. The fake face. Especially if your clown face is on top of a mask. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what emotion I'm feeling, audience. Yeah. I could be angry. Happy. Yeah. You can do a lot with your eyes, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> Smize. It's the false face yeah. is what makes clowns scary. Is that yeah. they're ha, 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 but you can see the sadness in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's a lie and it's sad. Oh. It's a chlorophobia, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what coin clown from Eli Roth's clown film. And we got it the first time. We just wouldn't stop laughing and interrupting each other. Yeah. If we just didn't do that, it would have been an okay episode. Because, like, the information... Yeah. It was good. Parts of it were. Yeah. There's other parts yeah. that was trash. But yeah. it was like, you know, yeah. I think we got we figured out what we wanted to do while doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally understand if people listen to that episode and didn't want to listen to us anymore. But if you're still here, this is episode 123, right? This is three years of doing the ghouls. This is three years of, of an analyzing horror film and other media. Mm-hmm. And um, if you love it, please give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube and yeah. iTunes. Let us know what you like about it. Let us know what you hope for us to cover in the future. We are so accessible. <laughs> like, we are. Yeah. Like, anyone talks to us, we're like, oh, my God, you know, we exist. And you mm-hmm. know my mom. Like, Yeah, we want to be best friends. That's the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, we don't, but we do. Yeah. You know, introvert, extrovert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Distant best friends. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to dive into... To, it chapter one, um, kind of giving it its due, and I have read the book, and so I have more insight 
when I did bum, it before. Bum, bum. Um, and it is a good film. Like, we did a watch party. If you uh-huh. were there, thank you for joining us. Um, if you weren't, uh, just kind of keep an eye out. We will have watch parties in the future. It's super fun. You can be there. Um, you get to be the loud uh, person in a movie theater with us who's talking trash and also, like, having epiphanies mm-hmm. and also being emotional talking trash uh, talking facts yeah all in the in the chat um while also watching a really great film or a, a really awful film we haven't figured it out we'll mm-hmm. watch it um but this one is good i think it's like it's definitely a coming of age film mm-hmm. i would say there are jump scares and there are parts of it that are scary for sure and i'd say even more frightening than the tv miniseries yeah um but i do think it's kind of like it's a safe horror like i think Mm -hmm. that people who may not really like horror would still really like watching this yeah it's definitely so the first time i watched it my face went numb i was having a whole situation i was way more scared of it than i expected to be Mm -hmm. to the point i remember us i viscerally remember this we were walking home from the movie theater and we kept looking down alleys. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, someone's going to be down there. And I don't want to know. I don't want to look at it. It was daytime, like, mm-hmm. of all time. Um, but I just, like, remember it being scary enough that me, who's seen horror movies a bunch, mm-hmm. was still scared and had a good time. But not so scary that, like, nobody, like, you'd be scaring your kids. Like, kids could watch this. Mm-hmm. Like, early teens. Yeah, yeah. Could be watching this and I having a good time. I think so. And I think, like, you know, they would get it. Um, on the surface level, right? And as mm-hmm. an adult, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, I see what this is really about. And mm-hmm. that's trauma. Um, so, it, chapter one uh, from 2017 is about, in the summer of 1989, a group of bullied kids band together to destroy, to destroy a shape-shifting monster, which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry, their small main town. Um, and so... Yeah, it does disguise itself as a clown. One thing, so in our first episode, we compared it to the TV miniseries um, where the original Pennywise played by Tim Curry. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, like, that's a classic. Yeah. There is an appreciation for Tim Curry's Pennywise. Like, that, he, but what we found was, like, he's a different Pennywise. Yeah. He was, like. (laughs) It's kind of hokey. Yeah, like, hey, kid, get over here. Aren't you going to say Hello. Oh, come on, bucko. I'm a clown. <laughs> yeah. You didn't like, like me when, when I was, I was a regular clown. clown. Yeah. Um, but you'll like me now. Yeah. And like, murder you. This clown, like this Pennywise, um, is so uh, scary, but also like unique. He's, he's his own thing. He, he is totally uh, separate from that Pennywise that we had uh-huh. seen in the 90s. <laughs> Georgie. A nice pony. Do you want it back? Um, and it's played by Bill Skarsgård, who blew away his his um, audition. He can do the weird eye thing just by himself, so mm. <laughs> that was great. Um, I do remember I <laughs> a conversation we had in the first episode was that, you know, people were saying that he's hot, and so everyone was like, oh my god, we're not going to be attracted to Pennywise, but you're not, because he doesn't look like him at all. Um, also, no. And he's so much more of, like, a a monster. Like, he definitely comes across more as, like, a demon than just a clown. Yeah, he definitely seems like he's got more going on than just being a regular, regular clown. He mm-hmm. is like, you can see in his eyes, he's not a normal guy. Yeah. You know, you see, <laughs> you see that there's something wrong. Yeah. Instantly. Like, he, he the whole eye thing, like you're saying, like, he mm-hmm. totally just, like, drifts his one eye off. You see a total, like, snarl. You see, he like, drools. Yeah, you see, like, this really, like, ugh, like, change. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, definitely very visceral. Mm-hmm. cringy it's unsettling yeah yeah it's it's unsettling because he, you know something's wrong like mm-hmm. at first like when we first see him and we're georgie and he looks in there it's like in the original uh georgie just is gone mm-hmm. like he has that interaction and then he's in the sewer yeah in this it's drawn out so right like we have this conversation and He's very much like, you know, uh, I can't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I'm Pennywise. Pennywise, Georgie. Georgie, Pennywise. Now we know each other. And that was one of the things that, like, stuck out to me because 
what this film is, it's it's not really about Pennywise. Pennywise uh-huh. is it is just the manifestation of what these kids are experiencing. experiencing. And really what that scene is to me, when that line happens at exchange, that is the t- like the the quintessential tale of a kid being abducted. Mm-hmm. Like how, like we tell our kids, like don't talk to strangers. You don't take candy from strangers. You don't help a stranger find their dog. Right. Mm-hmm. Like those classic things. And at that time they didn't have those. There was no kid on the back of the yeah, milk cart the until 80s, the eighties. Yeah. No, this is before the eighties. This is before the eighties. Just kidding. I'm wrong. Right. No, 19, you're right. 1989. I'm doing stuff. I'm, I'm right. And I'm wrong. <laughs> 1989 no you're right nice. um but he yeah so in the 80s that's when we got the milk carton kid mm-hmm. and um it's the book that's not in the 80s <laughs> so i was like wait a second um the the milk carton kid happened in there um and i'm so mad that i forgot his name because i do know that the first milk carton kid and mm. that story is really sad but it was like a time where kids just roamed around and they were free and there was really no concept of stranger danger mm-hmm. very minimal right it was like that's why he says like i'm not allowed to to hang out with strangers and talk to strangers and it's that classic uh like i oh well here's my name we're, no, not, we're strangers not strangers anymore, anymore. yeah now we're friends come on i have all the thing. i have candy i have popcorn i'm fun and then there's that and and jordy is like laughing with him and he's having a good time and then there's that shift mm-hmm. where he kind of like disconnects and he like it's not just that his face like his face just stops and he starts drooling because he, he's no longer controlling it and georgie's like um i, feel I know like that's not good i'm uncomfortable yeah i gotta go and as kids it's like we you know are taught like even when you're like in those uncomfortable positions like how many times are you told to like still like, be around people that you're not comfortable with. Yeah. Like, that you're, the adults are, like, you know, um, instead of being vocal about what you're feeling and being, like, I do not like this, I am going to remove myself. Like, like mm-hmm. especially then, they weren't, you know. <laughs> and so um, then we see him get taken in, in his arm. We see that he loses yeah. his arm. And then there's blood and he's just gone. And I think, like, that's what Bill is dealing with. Bill is dealing with the fact that his younger brother was abducted. Mm-hmm. most likely by a sexual predator and he is dead yeah there's like especially if it's been like a year or whatever like it takes a, a like two days and it's yeah. probably done because they don't keep them around um and and all those other conspiracy theories that exist out there but um yeah so i think that's what bill's kind of trauma is yeah he's dealing with like the loss of a his close brother and like no one will talk about it. His mm-hmm. dad, his mom won't talk about it. It's kind of like the thing at school, like no one really mentions it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and that's like a telltale like thing that happens with parents who lose a child, regardless of how it is. If they have another kid, that one ends up neglected because for a lot of reasons, like even if it's subconscious, like a part of them, one is like, they feel like a failed parent and they kind of shut down. A lot of marriages suffer because of something like that, like a mm-hmm. death of a kid. But then also there's like this part of you that feels like because you failed that kid, like you can't give this kid better because you like you're gonna feel bad like you're letting that other one down mm-hmm. which is like you know that's not true and your other kid would be like please take care of my sibling what are you talking about um, yeah but like that's a subconscious thing where you're just like i don't want to um do that but they shut down and they're i mean they're a human right? yeah there's like a lot of grief associated just like and everyone processes grief differently but there's also like that element of you know you don't want to move on too much, mm-hmm. you don't want to move on too little. Yeah, trying to really find the healthy, still remembering them because a kid you think like your goal as a human is to leave something behind. Yeah, you're supposed to create a legacy. Yeah, a child has lived for such a short period of time that the only people that will really remember that child are the parents mm-hmm. and the like close knit family, and that's yeah. like a really big bird. Like because you know like then you feel like more. Oh, like you need to continue that yeah. child, like the memory of that child. And then you also have the ones who on the inverse just tried, like they can't talk about it because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantasizing that they're okay or they're out there as Bill tries to do or like trying to like find him. It's too painful. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to accept it. How can we move on if it's 
still this hope yeah lingering yeah and i think like um he the like we see the parents very little um and we really only ever see the dad when he's just like get over he's just so like rough with him and he's just like he is gone he doesn't want the mom to see yeah and you don't really ever see the mom no i think um in in the book at least she is often um like playing the piano and she only plays sad songs Mm. and you get to see more of the parents obviously you get to see a lot more because it's a book and it's mm-hmm. very long and it's it is a fever dream for sure um and yeah i think the what's interesting about the the film is that we don't really see them beforehand but we can tell that like bill as the older brother it was on him to kind of like Protect. watch and take care of of georgie and like to the point where like he's sick in bed and, like, you know, fixes up his, like, bow and, like, lets him do it and tells him, you know, no, it's a girl, you call her she. And um, and that's the, I think, what's great about this remake of it is that whenever he sees Pennywise, there's a manifestation of Georgie. Mm-hmm. And that's the horror. Is that Georgie is controlled. Clear parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always that Georgie is somehow controlled by this monster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the other kids who are also going through some stuff. We have Bev, who is back. <laughs> um, we covered her earlier this month, mm-hmm. uh, the actress, Sophia Lilith. And um, she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, she's the younger highlight here of too. This. Like, ooh, just such a convincing and like powerful performance Mm -hmm. outsells the whole all all the kid actors do a fantastic job but she really yeah she does fantastic yeah and i she's like the best bev that there is like i don't even remember what the other i i do i remember what she looks like i remember what tv miniseries bev looks like but um this bev like that's what i think of now Mm -hmm. and i think like when i was reading the book what was interesting for me was um her relationship with her father uh because we get to see inside bev right like we get to hear her um you do hear like her dad is like actually like abusive to her like not sexually abusive but like he's uncomfortable and he seems like he's gonna get there Mm -hmm. but he's like physically abusive to her and he hurts her yeah um and and he'll hurt her and then he's one of those people who's just like look what you made me do like i don't want to do this to you you do this Mm -hmm. and i love you so much and the mom is there and there's all this and and she kind of rationalizes with herself in like i know he loves me i love my dad mm-hmm. i love him like he is my father and he cares about me and if i just do this thing then i'm going to be okay yeah and it's always this like struggle for like forever and she's also like in the book is is realizing her sexuality and also realizing her body mm-hmm. right and like as like young as we were young girls who were noticing our body. There's a point in time where you start to realize that people are looking at you mm-hmm. in a way that you're not ready to be looked at yet. Yeah. And you're like, like super conscious of it. Yeah. All you of try a sudden. to like cover it. Yeah. I wore sweatshirts every, like giant sweatshirts every mm-hmm. day until I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I um, wore jeans, like jean pants, like every day and would even wear it on the beach. I was from Florida and I would wear like jeans and long sleeves, like almost constantly mm-hmm. um, and would try to cover my body all the time. Yeah. And I think there, there's a scene that's super uncomfortable in uh, it. Chapter one, where she kind of flirts or not flirts, but she's just like talking to the pharmacist, mm-hmm. but she is using the fact that he is a creep. Yeah. And it's, it made me really sad to see. Cause it's like, wow, she, is so young and she knows that yeah and the other girls are like you know um slut shaming her and all this stuff even though she's never done anything classic right and yeah. it's out of jealousy of course and because she's an easy target and um yeah so she's dealing with that and so then we get you know carrie level yeah. <laughs> um representation of her issues which is being a woman and therefore it is being manifest as blood Yep. Everywhere. Because that's the nightmare that girls face. Yep. You know, and then it's like that forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's just this fear of becoming a woman because that means something very stressful. Yeah. And that society, it it means something to society and you have no control. Mm -hmm. Like you are now just a victim right like that's why we teach you know we're tell girls it's what you wear not let's not 
teach people that they shouldn't rape, right? Yeah. Um, so that's her story. I think she, she's just great. I think it's a great story. Um, I'm very thankful for the film adaptation, uh, leaving out big parts of the book, like the original Escape, which still to this day makes me just want to shake Stephen King. Uh, and just, I just want to say, why? <laughs> Don't do that to children. That's not how anyone discovers anything. That's not how anyone it's gets anything. how anyone anything. copes That's, as a child. Gangbangs for children is not the answer <laughs> Stephen King. Um, <laughs> also, she's like, she is pretty much like a trope. She's like a stereotype in the book. Like, mm. um, but another thing that they missed in it is that she's like the... She is really good with the um, slingshot. Mm. She's the one who can, like, hit. She can actually, like, hit people. Yeah. Um, and so she's, like, the aim. Like, <laughs> she's got, like, that talent. And they don't give her anything in this. Yeah. She throws she was, rocks she got... good. Everyone was throwing rocks, though. Yeah, but she gets the kid right between the eyes. Yeah, but they... It's, like, not as slingshotty. You know, it's not, like, made a thing. Yeah, it's not like that's her thing. But no one ever really got their thing. Like, they didn't manifest the fact that the children were using their imagination and coping mechanisms to fight mm -hmm. it. Because, like, um, what's the what's the kid that you like with the all the... Uh, Eddie. You know, Eddie. He uses his um, inhaler and sprays it and says that it's acid. He says it's yeah. battery acid. And then we have Richie who uses his jokes his to... humor, yeah. Yeah, that fights um, it. And so, like, there's all these things that, like, they're using to kind of, like... Um, yeah, they're coping mechanisms for the trauma that they're experiencing as yeah. their power. Yes. Yeah. Um, which we don't see in the here, but it's still good. They're still using stuff. Like, they're uh -huh. still actively battling the the horrors um we have um mike who is black and he is suffering from racism or yeah. he's a victim of racism in this main town yeah in both the book and the movie yes <laughs> not as uh i guess intensely in the movie than uh, i read was portrayed in the book yeah uh, in the so in the book um what I think is interesting about the book and why I think this this film and, and the book are so much different from the TV miniseries is I think we're kind of getting a little closer to what it's about uh -huh. um, in that it's not about Pennywise. Uh -huh. And um, one of the things is that I th is that you have a very long book and it's mostly about how evil Derry is. Yeah. How evil the people are and how Pennywise just leeches off of already existing evils uh -huh. and so they have like um essentially like one of the first um it's kind of like a spin-off of the kkk that existed there that uh -huh. burned down the black spot which was a club for um colored people during that time and uh mike's dad in the book uh has direct abuse from um kevin bacon lookalike the kid. police officer yeah, the police officer uh, with the kid who's harassing him. I can't remember his name. They have a whole thing. And his he ends name up... is just Kevin Bacon. He wants <laughs> to dance Kevin in Bacon. the garage, but his dad won't let him. <laughs> um, I forget his name. Oh, my God. Uh, but he, his dad, or he, yeah, I think his dad actually um, poisons or, like, kills their dog. Wow. It's like a whole thing. There's a lot of, like, really awful things that happen in this book. Yeah. But I think what's, like really interesting is that the book really is is more about that it's about this insidious nature of hate and anger and and racism and uh, homophobia and just like all this like people hating people and and it is a an alien that's here and has been feeding on that since the beginning of time yeah like that's just what it, it is the you know the um <laughs> the the lights or whatever and so um we kind of like they give us a little bit of that and giving him the story of like that his family burned in the house, but they never said it was a direct act yeah. of hatred um, and racism. And so we kind of miss that. And yeah, it is way more um, heavy on, on him being a person of color during that yeah. time, especially because it does take time place earlier in like the 50s right yeah so that's like it's way heavier mm -hmm. <laughs> um whereas 89 we're still pretty we can we're Everything just like still sucks but it's 
very mildly less suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we're a little more, you know. We're leading into animal sea color time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, like, our hatred is, like, pretend. Which like, is we hidden. hate everyone equally, so it counts. Um, no, yeah, it they hate everybody, but they just pretend they don't in public. Mm-hmm. And then are awful inside their houses yeah 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 exactly um so mike has that to deal with uh we have uh eddie who has a mother who suffers by munchausen by proxy yep who is um making him sick or giving him these these illnesses so that she can care for him yeah because she has that need and also, like, giving him this, like, sense that he has limits. Yeah. And he needs to mind those. Mm-hmm. And to be in line and be mama's boy. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, in – I don't think we see it, really, um, in Chapter 2, which we're really not going to talk about because it's trash. Um, but in the book, when we visit – when we see Eddie, he's married to a woman who's pretty much his mom. Yeah. She looks like her. She has the same control. She's hysterical um, and controlling of his, like, life. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's what Eddie's dealing with. And that's why his manifests as a, a person with leprosy. Yeah, because he doesn't want germs. Yeah. I think the saddest thing, so chapter one through chapter two, is that they don't, you know, like, it just, at the end of chapter one, outside of the weird child incest, I don't know, incest, but you know what I'm saying, like, weird mm-hmm. sex time, um, is that, like, they are powerful in the end. Mm-hmm. Where they use their skills and their talents to defeat this big bad. Mm-hmm. They use their creativity to salt, like fix and cope with their trauma and like come out of it feeling okay. Mm-hmm. And then still grow up like that never happened. And then are just living with the same problems, basically just like fulfilling a prophecy of their parents. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's sad. Yeah. Because that's, one, not what's happened to me. Yeah. It's not what's happened to you. Yeah. So, like, it's possible to get out of that. You learn to cope and you do things. It's, like, that's really depressing. I know not everybody, though. Mm-hmm. Like, there's well, lots of things also, that are full circle. It is also that the effect of the town and Pennywise is that the as the years went on and they kind of went on their lives, they forgot mm. what had happened. And so it made that it, it essentially took that victory away from them okay. and so it reset them which is why bev ends up in an abusive relationship okay um which is that like, makes a lot more sense because i was like ew mm-hmm. they should have grown they, and they could have right and yeah. i think if they had c- finished it instead of like having to come back when they were older in 27 years then they would have yeah it could have been better um but they weren't um and so yeah and that's like in in chapter two jessica chastain didn't want the abuse to be so large because i mean and i agree like we we have enough abuse on screen of women mm-hmm. um and, and we've seen enough our our fair share of battered women that we get it yeah um but there's like we should have still seen him come back because he's a he's a main villain like he's one of the tools for pennywise to the chase them um no her husband oh okay the same thing with um bill's wife she comes to um and she looks like Bev. And, yeah, there's all these other things that are pretty interesting. Um, other kids. We have, um, what's his name? Ben. Ben. Who's, who's uh, new in town. Mm-hmm. New kid on the block. Mm-hmm. And he, <laughs> new kid on the block, yeah. Uh, don't you go, girl? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he he um, is uh, overweight mm-hmm. for his age. And so he gets picked on and he's a easy target. And then later yeah. he becomes buff. And he loves to be, like, smart, and he, like, goes to the library to learn stuff, and he's a history buff, and, like, mm-hmm. wants to know all the stuff about the yeah. town. And that's the thing, too, is that he learns about the history of the town. As mm-hmm. someone who's an outsider who's never been here, he comes in and he's like, you know, there's an awful lot of instances where many children die. Yeah, like, bad many stuff people die. happens here, he's like, man. there's an explosion here. There's a lot of kids. Like, we had to shut down the water thing because the kids are just falling into the pool, <laughs> like, and drowning. Like, what are we doing? Um, and he, like, calls it out. And I think his library scenes are very interesting. Um, and he has those uh, fears manifest. Um, and the first one, right, like, we have, and in, in the book, too, like, 
some of the monsters are kind of hokey. They're like the teen mm-hmm. wolf in the, you know, um, <laughs> like the hokey ones that we have seen. Uh, but this is like... Um, yeah, the film does a good job, like, manifesting, like, their specific fears. Yeah. You have the Jewish kid. He mm-hmm. has the fear of the socks. Or, like, Stanley. you know, the, the picture, but uh, I've seen socks of them with the lady's face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Twisted. It's a Mo Digliani. Mm-hmm. Um, which is rude because that's like my favorite artist and <laughs> I would argue he's more scared of becoming a man because he's currently trying to get his uh, bat mitz- or bar mitzvah yeah. and well, that's in the synagogue where he's there and I think it's more about that than it is they definitely so here's and this is what I talked about in the last one <laughs> Stanley was my favorite character in the book yeah. In the film, he's a nothing character. Yeah. He has the Modigliani, which doesn't exist in the book. The thing about Stanley that I enjoyed and why I think the way that they portrayed him in this means that I knew for a guarantee, like it was guaranteed that we were going to be let down with how he was going to be represented in chapter two. Mm. With They were going to do the same painted on. He killed himself. He's too weak and pathetic. We're going to use him against you later. The problem with that is that Stanley was, his character is just so great. He's not terrified of things. Like, he, they made him out to be this, like, little skinny thing who was, like, afraid of his own I shadow. I do that. Yeah. yeah, he, like, never wants to do anything, right? In the book, he shows up and he's, like, charismatic. He, like, they, like, uh, Richie, like, pokes jokes at him because he's Jewish. They're both Jewish. Mm. And um, he says things, like, but, like, Stanley's, like, more Jewish, I believe. And he... <laughs> they say things they like ask him questions about judaism and he uh kind of makes jokes about it back uh-huh. like and, and, and kind of embraces that like yeah i'm the jew it's funny uh-huh. um but he uh is a very grounded human uh-huh. like he has the world figured out yeah he's like the world is black and white here's what's good here's what's bad here's what exists here's what doesn't exist and like things that go bump in the night aren't real like yeah. that is a fictional story and then you Pretend it's not there. Yeah. He is a bird watcher. He's like, he's like a little man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, honestly. Like a like, little old man. Oh, I, I really, really, really love Stanley. And the thing about it and, and, and Pennywise and this whole thing is that confronting that completely broke his mind. Yeah. Because it revealed to him, like, aliens, right? Yeah. And therefore... There are other possibilities. There's a whole other world. There's a whole, like, there's so much more that we don't know. My whole life is a lie. Yeah. Danger is real. Like, it completely crippled him. It took him from being like, everything, let's just do. Like, I'm charismatic and fun. We're going to go do stuff. We're going to try things, learn things. Nothing's scary. Yeah. Everything's scary. And he, like, out of all the other kids, they all have these intense traumas. He didn't really have that. Yeah. He, um, not to that extent. Like, he just was kind of existing so it like he didn't have those barriers and those defenses that those kids have he because they have been fight- yeah he didn't yeah. and so it just like it pulled the rug out from under him and he snapped and so when he's going through that and he's like seeing the big bird which also <laughs> i resonated with because i'm afraid of birds and i was like stanley we need to get out of here yeah. <laughs> this is not a joke um mike also sees the bird which is also like ah um but uh he and it, it uses like real things because yeah. the bird is a real thing. Like it's a it's like a um, condor or something. Like it's oh. a real big bird. And he like gets trapped in the the one of the t- like building things. And Pennywise just like comes up to him and knows that he is destroying him mentally. Like knows yeah. it. And it's one of it's it's so traumatic. And so when we get to the end of like the arc of what's happening in chapter one. And he's like, I don't want to come here again. He thinks like, okay, we're done. This is it. I'm making this pack because I want them to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he lives his life and he's fine. Yeah, he's happy. He's the only one who's living an okay life because he actually didn't have that trauma. He was just roped in with these kids. Yeah. And he had like a wife that cared about him. He was living his life. And then he gets that call from Mike who, who says, it's back. We have to go. It's been 27 years. I know you don't fully remember. And then he does. And he cannot continue on. Yeah. And so him kind of like, and and it's also like a power thing because his death actually like gives him power in the book 
there's like a part of it that helps them and I can't remember what it is um off the top of my head um and it is like it is crippling because essentially he he uh I think in the the show the film they say like he knew he couldn't handle it so he killed himself or whatever and like that's not what what it is yeah um he just they just described it as he wasn't gonna make it yeah like that like there was like the fortune cookies Mm because they met for lunch and then inside the fortune cookie it says like uh he's not making it yeah yeah um but at the end there's a letter they find from stanley Mm. and it's like it's bullcrap because it it totally takes away his power Mm. and like what he like it totally takes away the fact that he was just so at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, like, he really couldn't do anything else. Yeah. He wasn't them. And so I think, like, um, that's one of the characters that really hurts me. <laughs> and the, the problem with it is, is, like, just like the the book, you really can't show the emotions and the insidious, like, nature of this, this town mm-hmm. on screen. There's no way. And yeah. so that's why they have to just, like, write him off to be, like, oh, he was just afraid of everything. Because how do you show a child breaking like that mentally? Like, you yeah. can't, right? Because it's just not real. So instead, we're going to put a scary painting in here. He's afraid of everything. Yeah. He's afraid of growing up and being a man. Cool. Check mark. Done. Um, <laughs> and then we got Richie. And, um, and he copes he's with, just a with humor 12 year old boy yeah so he's just absurd things he was so great what a great kid um, he's just Finn wolfhard he's just comedy <laughs> yeah yeah he um he is just comedy and uh and then in chapter two we find out that he was in love with eddie which i ship so hard <laughs> even like i understand eddie wasn't eat like on the same page yeah but i was just like Oh, my God, redeemed. Everything he said. I'm just like, oh, my God, I see it. And I do remember in the book him being the most hard hit for when Eddie does die. Mm -hmm. Spoilers. This is old stuff, guys. Um, And uh, he is the one who's, like, really a hit. But I have to read. I'm not going to reread it. But if I were, I would look for more. But I didn't catch it. And that's that's on me. but he, yeah, he copes and he, he makes jokes. Um, in the book, they're questionable because they're all just like racist. <laughs> like, oh no! They're like they're like in the show. He just mentions penises a lot. Yeah, he's just like a movie, boy. I mean. Yeah, he's like yeah. an eighties boy. Uh, but yeah, in the book, he like uses a lot of accents that are questionable. Ah, uh. and that's really where it's like because he's got he becomes a radio DJ and he's like, you know, like. Uh, Richie in the morning, like one yeah. of those like fart noises, yeah, <laughs> um, like whatever. I yeah. don't know. Um, he's like that, and he does like voice acting, and yeah. so like that's his funny thing. Um, beep beep, Richie, and even his like fear is the the Paul Bunyan thing that comes to uh-huh. life. Like that, it's so comical because that's what his life is. Is like he would believe in the absurd. Yeah, um, I do like that they gave him the fear of clowns. Uh, that was How fun. classic. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was like, oh, that's why he's a clown. Um, <laughs> I feel are, we're not missing any kids, right? That's all the kids. Bev, Ben, Bill, Bill, Mike, Mike, Eddie, Richie. Eddie, Richie. Yeah. Yes, that's everybody. Yeah, so that is that. I did it. I mean, the biggest thing with this, uh, I read some articles, I think it was a New Yorker, that was talking about how, um, you, you kind of brought up, like, the history of dairy. But mm-hmm. then also, like, the whole thing is that the reason the adults aren't present or doing it good... It's like they have decided to be complacent with how messed up the world is. Mm-hmm. They have accept... They just put the veil on, rose-colored glass. They're just like, I don't... The problems are too big. Yeah. I cannot fix it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just get used to them. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of how we had in Sorry to Bother You. That was, like, the whole speech that he gave. Mm-hmm. Is that, like... When the problem was too big and you don't know what to do, you learn to adjust to the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what all the adults did. And Pennywise, in his way of like tweaking, like they're coping with their trauma, was just trying to get them to accept all the messed up things in the world and not fight, not think creatively to fix the problems and like mm-hmm. not 
kind of band together in a way that kids can. They have yeah. that, like, energy. They're young. They yeah. have this, like, creativity that is kind of sucked out of you from capitalism and working and yeah. having to pay bills and just being sad that they you don't have money. <laughs> have the belief that evil can be beat. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't been so let down and so destroyed by the reality that oftentimes evil wins and that mm-hmm. things are hopeless. Like they don't have yeah. that. They have like, okay, if the good guys fight and they use what they got, then they win. Yeah. And so kids can do that. And that's why when they come back, they they use, they resort to that. Like they have to keep their youth and they use the same old things, um, but they have to believe them. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big part of it. It's like they have to remember and they have to believe. Chapter two is it's trash. No one should watch it. It's bad. Um, it makes me really sad. I think the only good part about chapter two was Bill Hader. Yeah. That's it. I liked Eddie too. No, I don't like him. Really? I only liked Bill Hader. Mm. Yeah. James McAvoy, bad. Jessica Chastain, bad. What was Ben doing? I don't know. I forget. He's being hot. Mike was cool. He was like, I'm in the library. Yeah, Mike was hot, too. Um, He deserved more, though. And yeah, so... he deserved more, like, <laughs> character <laughs> time. Uh, as as happens, right? Um, And it, it's kind of funny that, like, Mike's thing does end up being racism, right? Because it's like when we did Bedeviled, and all the kids got, like... You know what they got? Yeah, their fears was like a doll, White and then his fears. was like the cops are gonna murder me, which is <laughs> a very real nothing. fear. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I, yeah, I think a if anyone wants to hire me, I think a TV miniseries about dairy and how evil it is um, would be way more uh, scary. I would agree, yeah. I think in line with, like, Lovecraft Country, Watchmen, like, kind of how they, like, took the original thing and, like, well, Lovecraft Country, it's the book, but yes. Yeah. But, like, Watchmen, how they took, like, the original idea and just, like, focused on a specific segment of that and, like, really took it home. I feel like you could do the same thing in a, like, it dairy miniseries. Yeah. Well, because, like, there's Castle Rock, which takes stories of Stephen King and makes them into a whole series but um or season i think this is different this is like a story about how evil dairy is because there's like generations like you could just pop like one season we're in this time period where they're they're doing shady things and we pop over here and it's like it's similar to spiral which we'll talk about later this year um and like how it's like what is the new group of people we hate or fear yeah now we're gonna make them victims that's 100 because you have the first uh, in the dairy history, it was uh, you know, black people. And mm-hmm. then in the second one, it was uh, like anyone who LGBTQIA. Yeah, because there's like vicious murder. And I remember watching chapter two that we were like, or that you looked, I looked at, at me. you and I was like, do we leave? Yeah. What happens? And, and I mean, I do hate that it was on screen and it was that vicious and that you picked that when you kind of dropped the ball for the rest of it to be that. It definitely felt edgelord like. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it makes sense, and it because it fits in with all the other hate. It fits mm-hmm. in with like uh, the bigger story is that this town is evil, whereas that was really just like uh, setting up for Bill being gay or um, Bill Hader's character being gay, Richie. So yeah. I it was weird. I don't <laughs> I don't condone that it existed there. Um, yeah. But it does exist in the book inappropriately, as you know, as much as a. <laughs> You know, fever uh, dream, d- drug-induced book. fever dream. That was it. Uh, there was some semblance <laughs> of a plot and, yeah. like, a truth. Well, I feel like Stephen King's whole thing is that the adults in his life have failed him. Mm-hmm. Like, adults suck. Yeah. Adults always suck. They act like they know what they're doing. They don't. Everyone's dealing with trauma. The world is awful. And when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're finding out that, Mm -hmm. that there is this, like, loss of innocence that takes place. Yeah. And there's, like, when you're, like, I'd argue still now, you want to fight this thing. Mm -hmm. You're young enough and you have enough energy and you're like, ah, but then you keep fighting and fighting and fighting and keep losing. Mm -hmm. Or you keep seeing loss. Yeah. Uh, And then, like, the tiredness kicks in and you're tired for years. Yeah. And then you're an adult person. And yeah. then your kids get bored and they're like, why don't you care? Yeah. Um, Are you seeing this? It's like, yeah, yeah we've, been, we've been seeing it. We're trying. 
But uh, yeah, I think it's like the whole thing is like his whole theme is how awful people are. Mm-hmm. It's in a lot of his books. Yeah. Um, and I think there's um, one of my favorite books ever is East of Eden by John Steinbeck. And there is a quote in there. Um, it's very long and I don't remember it. But I just I remember the, the beginning of it was like when the essentially like when you realize how human your and flawed your parents are it's as if the gods have fallen it's mm. like this like because that's where they are they're like on this pedestal of like they could do no wrong they know everything right like they're essentially gods they're omniscient they're omnipotent they're yeah. uh, omnipresence they're omnipotent like they're just they're the omnis they know everything they're the best people and when you realize that they are just human and that they make mistakes and that they hurt and that they're tired and that they um don't know everything and they don't have all the answers and that they're yeah. gonna hurt you because they hurt they're hurting too it's like totally world shaking like stanley's like reality like yeah it is like hard to kind of cope in as a child it's just like you feel like you have been deceived yeah like this whole time i thought you were a god i thought you see that's why i'm not deceiving not. my kids i'm telling them straight out right <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with me and i love you and we're a team in this. Yeah. But I will mess up and I will say sorry and we'll do a different thing tomorrow. That's why I think like if your kid asks you something and you don't know the answer, Just you, you should say, know. I don't know the answer. Let's look it up. Yeah. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. I don't know that thing. Let's find out the power of knowledge. Here's a dictionary. What is uh-huh. that? You know, we have Google. Um, and in the, you know, hypothetical future when we have children, we'll have Google, I think, still. I think so, yeah, as long as the world's on, more on fire. I don't know. Um, um, <laughs> the podcast still exists. Who knows? Ah, who knows? Uh, 2021, we'll find out. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think at the end, end of the day, what I really enjoy about this is when the kid actors are phenomenal, they do an amazing job. Um, they make me feel things. And the best part of it, chapter two, was when the kids are there yeah um and we got scenes with them and i was like oh they were just such good actors (laughs) i was like oh we're getting a break from whatever that was for some good acting yeah so excited um and then (laughs) uh is that you know it i feel like it was a more true to the story in that it was telling you instead of just like I feel like the miniseries was action, action, action it was like this happened in the story this happened in the story this happened in the story it was about a monster Mm-hmm. where the movie and the book were more about, like, the events, people. the kids. Yeah, it's the more about The kids and people. their experience. <laughs> yeah, and so I think, like, you see that and you feel that. And it, that's why people seen it as a, a coming-of-age story. Yeah. They were like, oh, this isn't, like, you know, jump-scared, like, spooky monster all the time. It's actually, like, something that matters. Yeah. Which is great. I read a Common Sense article that made me mad because it was like, when you watch this with your kids, talk to them about bullying. And I was like, there are so many other themes in this movie. (laughs) All you got was bullying? I mean, it's one of them. You only saw Kevin Bacon not dancing in a garage. That's all you got out of this whole film. No? Not the racism? Yeah. Not the sexual abuse? Not the parental neglect and other abuse? (laughs) Yeah. We're not talking about strangers. Bullying. Yeah. You don't want Bev to get the trash water on her. Yeah. So you're fine with the blood shower. <laughs> yeah. You're I, fine I with having to murder her father. You're totally missing the whole point of the entire film, which is bad stuff happens. Talk about it, man. Yeah. Or like even, you know, the, the kid. Sorry for shouting. Kevin, Bra- <laughs> Kevin Bacon kid. He like, when we go to his dad... Again, we're like, this is a Coraline moment. Hurt people, hurt people. Like, I mean, that's yeah. a cliche of, like, what bullies do. But, but we he see was it firsthand. Awful. The dad was awful. He shot at him. And, like, emasculated him in front of his friends. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like masculinity. But, like, he really, like. He did it on purpose. He did it to, like, sh- like destroy his confidence mm-hmm. in front of his friends. Like, yeah. you think he's tough. Look at this. Yeah. He's not tough. He's weak or whatever. It was yeah. so rude. It was so mean. Yeah. And it's like, no wonder he's angry. Yeah. He's witnessing you be a bad father and violent and awful to everybody, beating him and stuff. But also, you're making him look bad for other people. And, like, and clearly this dad holds masculinity in this, like, man image in a high light, right? Like, yeah. Because he... In this, like, toxic he, he, way. Yeah. Um, and clearly this, this boy 
sees his father as that and is afraid of his father and, and is so like wants trying to, do to that. be tough mm-hmm. to do be whatever his dad wants him to be and he can't please him mm-hmm. in the book fun dance in the book i don't think i ever felt bad for that kid mm. because he was honestly truly evil mm. um there are really horrific things that happen in that book yeah especially to these kids Whew. Like, like done by him done by him and done by other characters but he's like he's messed up he is going through a lot and he really is like imbalanced and does need is he like murdering animals he murders animals boy. he hurts he he like is he is very harmful he is hurting people he is endangering lives and, and taking lives and like sexually abusing people mm. and like he's he's pretty grotesque as a character yeah and like way more evil the whole time yeah. Because we get to spend more time with him. And, uh, yeah, when he goes, like, when he kind of starts to lose it, even then, you're like, you don't really feel bad for him ever. Um, and this is just, like, we did get that cliche of, like, like he's... Yeah, I mean, he did humanize the villain, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw that he was just as vulnerable as anybody else in being manipulated by Pennywise because of this, like kind of trauma state that he was in from Mm -hmm. his dad yeah and like having that it was a different kind of i need to kill my dad than bev's yeah yeah hers was out of necessity his was pennywise was like do it because he had snapped too um and by the time he does it in the book he is really already gone Mm -hmm. that kind of felt like that's felt to me like his dad does that all the time so it seemed weird to me that now is the time that's the trigger yeah, it was an opportunistic mm-hmm. thing. He had the knife. The well, weird he was given the knife. Chief, I know, yeah, the, the knife was put in the mailbox. Then yeah. you have this weird, which reminded me of uh, Butterfly Effect. When they oh, put the bo- yeah, the I mailbox, was just like, yeah. oh, God, what's in there? But, uh, yeah, the knife in the mailbox, and then, like, the TV people were saying, saying creepy like, things. do it, yeah. We Murder. all float down here. Um, yeah, yeah, weird PBS channel in Bane. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah. Gotta tell my mom. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, don't watch it. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of, that's all I have to say. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I really liked the movie. Yeah. I didn't read the book, but I, what I've read about the book, other than the bad stuff, uh, sounds like it was trying to say something positive. Yeah, there are parts. There are parts yeah. great. Bars we can see. You win over. some, you lose some. Yeah. As, the great as tea they staples say. would stay. Yeah. Uh, so that wraps up uh, October, the spooky month. Next bow, month. Bow, bow, bow. Woo! We did it. We survived. Um, we all flew down here. It was good enough for Georgie. <laughs> um, well, next month, uh, you're in for a treat. We are going to be featuring several interviews with some guests uh, from far away, but are near and dear to our heart. Um, and so we hope you get a lot out of it. For, for next month and also we're gonna have some away. special stuff on instagram so make sure you're checking out our social media um and just keep track of us we're doing some stuff we're trying to get out right, there doing the thing Shooting read the our shots. articles um i'm sure i posted a link about it and um don't get married delete your kids yeah happy three years kid yeah happy three years love i love you me too like a heart a heart in there yeah, don't get married because your kid will be traumatized because of the <laughs> scary face. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.